Eternal Dirtles is a podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and supporters like you. Come to our Patreon at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles and support us. Thanks. Stitcher Supplier is milling over three. Oh, good! Gacky, gack, gack. Sacrifice it to cabal therapy. Gack, gack, gack. You know who's delving graveyards? None other. So can both them creatures then? No mana spent, subdelver. Cast gack on a stack, gonna trample shit up. Eight, eight, don't play. True name shit out of luck. Ban hammer, did I stammer? RD done slipped up. We legacy in this necropolis is running them up. Black creatures, new features, straight up casting the gap. Convoking, shit's broken, as a matter of fact. Your Karaka stops his nonsense in this moment for show. But this gacking's still gon' happen, your life totals no more. Opponent shrugging, they got nothing and conceding the game. It would serve y'all well to remember the name. Oh, gack, he attacked, coming back for some more. His format shakeup isn't ready to get gacked to the floor. What you doing? Stop the brewing and start casting the gack. In the red zone, they all tremble, cause they gonna get smacked. Oh, by the way, I got supplier and this hasty bug gas. Time to slip it, check the box, go enjoy some Shake Shack. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me this week, Phil Blackman. Phil, how you doing, man? Almost Nathan Gullio right there. <laughs> almost, almost. I, I was almost Nate. I would have uh, done, I would have tried to put on a hell of a Nate impression if, if we committed. <laughs> um, yeah, so this week, uh, you know, as, as with last week, we didn't do uh, any legacy content, really, uh, because we've got the... Uh, the real big news for Legacy is coming up in, in another week when we have some results from Eternal Weekend, and we'll be talking a lot about that uh, afterwards. I really um, wish I was able to go to that. Like, uh, I, I feel like the Eternal Weekends are always a blast, and the fact that it's focused solely around Legacy as opposed to it just being like tacked on to you know, the Magic Fest or whatever, I really, I really like just the, the environment of Eternal Weekends. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's a huge community event, and, and same thing. I, I can't go to this one. Uh, it's it's on Halloween. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, I'm sure tough. we'll get a we'll get an Easter uh, Legacy Grand Prix, uh, and you know, Wizards will once again give give the giant middle finger to the Eternal formats. Um, but in regards to that, we should probably talk about uh, a development that has happened over the last week. Yeah, the new Eternal format? Yeah, well, I mean, we can't really call it Eternal. We could call it a non-rotating format. I guess that's um, fair. I guess that's fair. Uh, it, it will eternally not rotate. Um, so Pioneer got announced on Monday, and um, that did so many things. So uh, for those of you who aren't in the know, or for those of you who've you know jumped into this podcast to find out what Pioneer is, and they wanna, you want some more information on it, that's what we're doing. This is a public service announcement for Pioneer, basically. Um, we won't be a Pioneer podcast. We might. Uh, I'm personally thinking about maybe doing a podcast specifically on Pioneer. We'll yeah, see what us, engagement's I think, like. I think that's something. If everybody's out there like actually wants an Eternal Dirtles Pioneer specific podcast, we can do that on the side. We'll like try and carve out some time if we think we're gonna get a, a listenership that's like interested in that. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine there's there's going to just be like literally every podcast is gonna be discussing pioneer i mean i think i think pioneer is super cool like zach and i have been chatting about it nonstop since it got announced as i'm sure like most of you have but let us know if that's something that you actually want to do rather than inundate the uh ears of people with more pioneer content that they aren't really 
yeah because everybody's saying the same thing versus like you know it's one of those things where it is because it's a new format and because there are no fetches it does become a brewer's paradise Mm -hmm. which kind of is our forte i mean yeah we, we come up with a lot of that kind of stuff so if you're interested let us know that's actually feedback that we do need because if we don't hear then we just won't do it yeah uh but if you guys are interested in it then we'll figure out a way to you know either just have a whole separate eternal dirtles podcast committed to it or we'll figure out something to like piece it in or add a segment or something yeah we'll either add a segment or we'll just start a whole new podcast or we'll have an extra cast each week that that is pioneer once we decide whether or not this is something we want to pursue but for the time being you can you can pretty much after this podcast always guarantee we're talking about legacy vintage or old school yeah. uh, on eternal dirtles at least once a week so we're not go, we're not moving away from from that content just this week uh, because we have uh, Eternal Weekend coming up, and there's really not a whole lot of change in the metagame right now. We want we wanted to take a moment to talk about uh, something that's rather historic as far as uh, Magic the Gathering is concerned. That's that's the branching off of a brand new format, which is uh, you know it's it's exciting. Before we get to it, what's your pick to win? What what's your college shot to win Eternal Weekend? Ooh, I, I mean I think Rug Delver is is certainly one of one of the best out. decks, and and uh, I, I I know your opinion differs from mine on this, but I think. Uh, just the sheer force and in, in numbers that Rug Delver will represent at this thing, and uh, uh, its ability to fight on several different axes now because of the tools that it has. Uh, I think Rug Delver is going to take it down. Yeah, there's enough volume for that. I mean, I still think that it's it, Storm's just going to three-peat. I think Storm. I mean, if I were to name a player, it, it'd probably be Cyrus. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, well, it's like when Storm <laughs> uh, took the runner-up spot in the queues open. Yeah, it, I mean, it. it uh, I know we we were chatting about it a little while ago, but the the storm pilot in the finals punted away the win in an onboard trick. We all make mistakes; it happens. But if he doesn't walk into the onboard trick, then storm takes that event down, and then Cyrus took down the GP. I I just think that because everybody's skewing towards uh, Ren and Six rug decks and fair stuff like that, and because Storm also has a good matchup against um, like all of the other top tier decks, like. I, I mean, what, what, do you think Storm has a better matchup against um, Dark Depths? Do you think Dark Depths has a better matchup against Storm? Um, uh, you know, I think Dark Depths it, it doesn't have as good a game against Storm as, as I think some Dark Depths players think they do. There's just not a lot. There's just not enough hate uh, in in their in their main for it, and I don't think their sideboard cards are good enough. It's like you have to go turn two Depths, or you just have to have multiple discard spells. But even then, Storm might not care about discard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think I, I mean I think the two most like obviously the the two most just inherently powerful decks at the moment are Dark Depths and Storm. And I just think that like if all of the Storm pilots that are coming in, if they're playing Storm, I feel like the Storm pilots are more often better with the deck than not because one they have to own the deck, and two they're actually bringing it to a major event, and you're just going to get a bunch of free wins for people who are unprepared. And if we saw anything from queues going into uh, Atlanta, people did not shift their sideboards to prepare for storm because it's probably not a large enough percentage to warrant it but i think storm is just going to three-peat uh yeah i mean i i don't disagree with you i think i think storm's going to be incredibly powerful do you think uh rug decks will universally adopt oko or do you think people are still hedging uh, I think they're already adopting Oko. So there are a lot of like playing playing Oko as a one of and one in the sideboard as well. How many Okos so, in the top eight? Uh, four, and four that's because Okos? there's and that's because there's like three rug decks and one of them probably doesn't play it. 
So you're giving me the over under on on uh, four and a half. Four and a half, sure. All right, I'll take the over on four and a half. Four and a half, okay. I'll say that there's going to be more Okos in the seven in people seventy fives in the top eight. I'll say there's more than four. Yeah, uh, I'm good with that. Um, so yeah, let's let's uh so let's let's pivot over to uh, uh, Pioneer. Uh, yeah. So starting off uh, to to just tell you what Pioneer is. Pioneer is a brand new non-rotating format that starts at Return to Ravnica. So Return to Ravnica block forward, uh, and then it also bans the fetch lands from Cons of Tarkir. Yeah, so it pretty much means that it's it's what a third of modern, half of modern. It's it's almost exactly half of modern, I think. Uh, yeah, and, and this is exciting. It's exciting to me because this is when I came back to the game. I came back during Avacyn Restored, so like my collection spans this uh, this format completely, mm. um, which is which is interesting to me because I'm I'm at least familiar with the decks that were being played as opposed to modern where people were like oh you know like fairies like you can't have that going around and stuff like that or like jace the mind sculptor didn't exist when i stopped and it did when i came back and i didn't i had never played through that standard uh so it didn't mean anything to me now i have you know i have like a, a player's insight to some of these cards because i played standard during during some of these times yeah i think that we can also expect that uh Eight to ten years from now, they're going to introduce another non-rotating format. I, I actually wholeheartedly agree. Now that we're seeing this pattern happen, where it's like, oh, this non-rotating format, this non-rotating format happened uh, in modern, and then they were like, well, now it's too expensive to get into modern because it's too deep. Uh, so let's start a new one at uh, this spot. And and like, you know, we should we should shout out to Frontier, which. I you know I I was one of the, one of the original haters of Frontier. We had a whole podcast that was like why why does this format exist? There's no nostalgia for like two sets back, like an extended sort of situation. Um, yeah, but now it, I think I, I was uh, just gonna say I wonder if Frontier was their like their their test for this. They were uh, like oh, Frontier was interesting, but it just it didn't have enough, and so they waited a little bit, and now they have. Pioneer. Yeah, well, I think I think one of the things with Frontier was it was an obvious cash grab by uh, by the uh, vendors, right? Harry Yuya w- was the uh, vendor that sort of started Frontier, um, and uh, and it was it was a kind of an obvious cash grab. It was like a way to keep uh, standard card prices high, so that people um, would sell before rotation, but the card the card prices would stay, and then like try and like create a, a, an artificial demand for those those cards. With this. Uh, and, and one of the things I say artificial demand because there was no real uh, support for this format other than like some random tournaments that people were having, and occasionally like SCG would try and like you know be like, hey, you want to play Frontier in a side event? And they would be like, no. Um, but you know uh, what I think is that it would be an interesting thing that if they did hmm. for these formats, like for Frontier is well, at least for Pioneer they sanctioned. A bunch of uh, GPs for well, that's it. That's the huge. That's the huge that, difference. Like, caused... Yeah. So I, I was uh, the idea that Watsi just wields the power to create a new format and create a, a magical Christmas land for vendors, being able to move cards that otherwise wouldn't move. I wonder if there's a if we get to a point where they they just start adding new kinds of formats, or they could. I guess they could just add new kinds of formats that don't have to have the gp support but they could support it in other ways so like they could sanction like let's say frontier they frontier is a format and they want to sanction it but they don't have the space uh, for gps but what they can say is hey uh lgs's 
if you run fun sanctioned frontier events, you can run them and will, you know, give triple the planeswalker points at, for a sanctioned frontier event. And so mm -hmm. you can use that as ways for people to have a crew buys to then go to the GPs. So you can still make people somewhat care about a format, even if it's not GP sanctioned, GP supported, by just supporting it in another way that still puts a little bit more stakes for players. And then if that's something that they care about, then LGSs have more room to maneuver, and then they can move. They can actually move more stock. Uh, but I mean, that's just one idea. But there, I'm sure there's a bunch of ways that they could support other formats if they wanted to help out LGSs. They won't have to for a while now that Pioneer's a thing. And Pioneer is, I mean, you want to just hop right into talking big cards that are going to come out of this thing? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, well, let's talk about what, you know, uh, well, let's talk about winners and losers from the last, from the last week as far as, uh, uh, cards are concerned because that we can we can look at MTG stocks and just see like what cards immediately yep. immediately spiked in demands right uh, yeah so there are some cards that won and lost over the um, like over the last couple of days and I think that that's a great place to start out and and kind of uh, you know determine uh, our talking points uh, so you know uh, when we look at uh, we can set this filter up for uh pioneer uh on mtg uh we're using mtg stocks here and we can just look right at the um uh, the cards that have kind of moved in the last week and get a pretty good idea of of what cards uh have have spiked based on uh i, I think you know player player speculation um so if, if you're not there phil uh i, I am okay. we can okay great so, uh, you know, obviously the one of the first ones was Aetherworks Marvel. People were like, well, there's a card that got banned in Standard. Let's see if we can make it work again. So, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that that card has, has spiked so significantly, only because I feel like it's the it's the one with the biggest target on it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing is, like, if, if you're going to start this format out and you want to and you want to spike some tournaments, like play the most broken deck, play the deck that's going to get banned. Right. That's that's the way I look at it. I think that I think if. If if it proves to be as good as it was, which it pretty much is just one card show and tell, right? Because it's a it's a precon. You just build all the cards with the parasitic mechanic, yep, and then go to town, and it's just a one card combo. Yeah. So I I imagine that it will if it, if it is good enough to get banned, it will be banned before any of the tournaments worth spiking are out. Oh no, the, the, you'll get one you'll get one free Grand Prix. The Grand Prix will be the first Crucible. I think they're going to be aggressive before the Grand Prix because they're going to get a shit ton of Moto data. Yeah, I th I think that they'll let they'll let it ride uh into into a uh a Grand Prix unless the format is is like unequivocally solved they'll let it ride into a Grand Prix. I I, I feel I think they might like because it's a brand new format. I don't know if they want their first premiere event being one that's just a bunch of degeneracy that they may or may not have been able to figure out. You might be Hopefully. right. Hopefully. I mean, I, 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 I could see it going that way too, where they're just like, nope, we're going to see how this plays in paper and what shows up. Yeah, I think, well I think they'll probably, they'll probably err on the side of let, let's see what people do uh, at, at a large event and take that data to be, to be the real data as opposed to what happens on Moto. Yeah, um, I, I just, I wonder, I, I feel like they're just going to have like, you know, yeah. uh, like millions of games worth of data on Moto. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, so next is Siege Rhino uh, and Siege Rhino only spiked like the last day or two, 
um, mm. which was pretty interesting to me. People were initially hot on Siege Rhino, and then I think people were just like, "No, I love this card. Uh, I, I want to, I want to make it happen." So I feel like the 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 the, the bottleneck on this format for a Siege Rhino deck is we're gonna see whether or not the uh, the cons tap lands, the tri lands, mm -hmm. if those are playable in this format or not is going to be a real big indicator of how good mana bases are. I agree. Um, so then then Dig Through Time. I mean, obviously, yet another card that's banned in Modern. I think uh, Dig Through Time is actually going is, is gonna to be able to last. I think yeah, Dig I think Dig Through Time will, will, will make it through a couple of bannings before uh, people are like, okay, this is the fairest, goodest thing you can do. Now it's got to go. I think, uh, it's, I, I think it's excellent, but I don't think it's going to... I actually think it's just going to live in the format yeah i mean i would like that to be a thing you know aaron forsyth once said uh degenerate things need a place to need a, a transgressive uh yeah transgressive cards need a, a place to live or yeah. something i don't know sure. i forget i forget the exact quote but it, it, it was something that was undefinable and absolutely absurd yes and we asked him for his comment on it and he uh, he told us he would and he never did uh so moving on uh speaking of transgressive cards death right shaman uh, spiked because people like to play with their cards, as Nate always says. People just want to play with their cards. Dude, I, don't I think, think Deathrite Shaman, Shaman is very good. I think Deathrite Shaman is actually going to be good, but it's going to be good not because it's just ubiquitous and homogenizing fair decks. It's going to be good because the decks that can actually enable it as the power a powerhouse that we know are going to be able to exploit the fact that they have this like insane mana door. So, I mean, like if you let's say you you started with eight. Your eight one drops that you start in a deck are Death Shaman and Stitcher Supplier. Sure. Right? Because, like, now you're not, it, it doesn't just go into every fair deck because fetches don't enable it, but it is going to be a good card in, in decks that are in, able to turn it on. And I think that's that's where the card is actually interesting. And I'm really happy that it can exist in this format and have no stress on it to be. So are this going to get hit? So let me let me break this down for you because there's uh, some interesting facts about Deathrite Shaman in a format that uh you know you're not going to get you're not going to get an untapped fetch land situation right an untapped land after a fetch land right that's just not going to happen like turn one right. let's say you uh, fabled passage on turn one you're getting a tapped land right yep. same thing with Terramorphic Expanse same thing with um uh evolving wilds right yeah. just it's just not happening so right. turn one you play a forest or a swamp and you drop uh death right shaman yeah right great turn two you uh f fetch a land with one of those three cards i just named and you still have access to two mana at, at best because yeah. uh there's a land in your graveyard for sure turn turn three um you play an untapped land you have access to five mana you have uh, sorry, it's four, four to four mana. So yeah. four mana is is the interesting spot on turn three. So that means enabling something like, uh, you know, I'm just naming cards now. Uh, Jace Architect of Thought on turn on turn three. You're not ramping to turn four. Or, sorry, to turn three on turn two. You're ramping to turn uh, four on turn three. So that's an interesting little piece of information to think about with Deathrite Shaman and yeah. why it probably will never get banned in this format. I don't think it's. I think it just the target on death right in this format because fetches are removed. It just removes very low. Yeah. Like it, it's it's non-existent. I mean, we had an entire podcast about this this exact concept. Like fetches, <laughs> fetches were really the asshole the whole time, and now that they're not around, death right it just gets to be a card that exists, and it will be good in the decks that want to play it. Yeah. And I think the reason that it will be good is for reasons that you just stated, but also because it's a cheap win con too. Yeah. 
I, know, I think we also don't know what decks are going to exist where the the cards in graveyard are going to matter. So like, just having a cheap way main deck to interact with graveyards. Remember that was that was something that was huge at yeah. least for Legacy. Yeah. And people are still playing like Scavenging Ooze is still a great card. So I think like the fact that Deathrite just one being a mana dork, two being a cheap win condition, and three being a main deck way to interact with a graveyard and save you some sideboard slots on graveyard hate potentially, depending on what graveyard decks come out and exist in the format. Mm-hmm. I, th- I actually think Deathrite is just going to be a solid staple of the format. It's just not going to be ubiquitous like it was when it was the Boogeyman. I agree. Uh, one thing I think we should mention, uh, you know, just just to point out, is that you and I had this podcast uh, a couple months ago about how what would a format look like without Fetchlands? It's happening right now. It's happening right now. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that, that was the whole... I mean, I, I loved that episode just because we, we got so much... Uh, uh, salt and support on Reddit afterwards. Oh yeah, it was it was that, it was a very uh, the, the, you know it, it sliced it sliced our audience in half as far as yeah, how they felt. And, and the premise of that episode was if in if they just eroded fetch lands to say exile instead. Yeah. And uh, by by just banning them in this format, it's doing functionally the same thing except uh, you don't have mana bases and reshuffles. Yeah. But for those cards that are banned, like I mean. Is is Treasure Cruise gonna get the axe? I I don't think I so. I doubt it. Yeah, highly. I mean, um, like wait, like in the standard format that dig, dig through time and Treasure Cruise existed, there were fetches in that format, and neither card got banned, and neither card was really the problem child in that format. Everybody was pissed off at Siege Rhino. Yeah. And and like actually like the 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 actual worst card in that format for like experience purposes was Thoughtseize, and and Thoughtseize is going to be this format's. Like force of will. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah, it'll be this. It'll be the the path to exile of this format. I I feel like that's the, that's kind of the card to me that defines defines modern is is like path to exile and like uh, you know Thoughtseize does define modern as well. But like uh, there's you know your, your turn one play in in modern is generally like Serum Visions, you know. Yeah, and the, the the cantrips in this format are absolute trash. Yeah. The only one you have is opt. Opt. Yeah. That's it. Um. So uh. So these next two I want to put together because both of them uh, are are sort of synonymous with each other, and yeah. that is heart of Kieran and smuggler's copter. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if smuggler's copter got the axe. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's just more so because one, it's the it's the design mistake of vehicles, mm-hmm. but I think it's 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 primarily just because it. That is the type of card in a. It's if you're a deck that's playing creatures or trying to be aggressive in any way, you just get this free two mana three three flyer that filters your draw, and I think that is going to actually be similar to what Deathrite was, where it's like, oh, are you playing creatures at all? Does it matter what colors or what your deck's trying to do other than attack? Then you're going to be playing Smuggler's Copter. Yeah. So I actually think Smuggler Smuggler's Copter, like Aetherworks Marble, is one of the ones that has a pretty steep target on its head. I agree. I, I also think a thing fine. to I think a thing to mention as well is is if if a card got banned in standard, it's like that much more likely to get banned in this this format because this format is not that much more powerful than standard overall. Yeah, I mean the other card that we can keep on on check too is is we'll see what Mutavault does. Mutavault was also a yep. problem child in that format because. It was just the best man land, and every deck played it. But there is the uh, enemy man lands in this format at the moment, so it's not mm-hmm. like Mutavolt is the only man land. Therefore, you're incentivized to do it. There are other ways, so it might. It, it's probably fine because of that, and also because uh, 
the it still gets hit by just the baseline removal. So it's going to feel really good to fall to three life and not feel that you're just dead to a top deck because mm -hmm. that's not always going to be the case because uh, shocks are really the one mana uh, point. But Fatal Push, all the shocks, Disfigure, pretty much all of the one mana removal that exists in the format can still hit Mutavolt. And so it's probably going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the next two cards is definitely a, a hot commodity. Do you want to know yeah. the one thing that I am worried about with Heart of Kieran, though? Yeah. Oko. Oh, turn into a three-three. No, dude. <laughs> Oko, Oko going to six and then just dipping down to five to turn on your Heart of Kieran. Or Oko turning some other artifact into a three-three to uh, power your Heart of Kieran. Yeah. There's yeah. that. Um, I, I think an interesting thing to think about uh, with 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 all these things is is like what decks do they even go in? Um, and and Heart of Kieran is is a little tough because at a two, a two drop, uh, you need what what's a good three drop that's gonna put, turn this on, right? That's the idea there, right? Like for Smuggler's Copter, you're gonna have a a one drop in play that uh that can make this a blocker, I guess, right? You're not gonna attack with it the turn it comes into play because it's just summoning sick. But uh, for for Heart of Kieran, you got to think about like what kind of deck is gonna be playing creatures that are are big enough to make this thing work. You the the card that I was thinking for a more aggressive Heart of Kieran deck hmm. um, was actually the new Willing uh, uh, Rowan and Will the Scion the Rose. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you you can play the they they come on and they come down at five. So if you curve your heart into the scions, you just go to four to turn on your heart, and then you can plus two, plus O. Oh. And it's got vigilance, so it can protect them too. Yeah, so it's like you, 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 you. It, essentially, you have a walker on five, and you just dome yeah. them for six on turn three. And now they're on. My guess is it would be a, a three turn clock on turn three at that point. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I, I like uh, I like having Heart of Kieran as a uh, as like a, a fast a fast clock and a planeswalker heavy deck. That's actually pretty smart. Um, it makes me think of a card. Uh, I don't know if anybody's chatted about it or if it's even on the the watch list of cards that have spiked at all. But it's, has K Command moved? K Command uh, hasn't moved, but it's always been expensive. Okay. Um, I mean, it might may have gone up or down a little bit, but it's not even it's not even in the like. I think the lowest percentage on this list is going up by five percent. Uh, and oh, there it is. K Command went up by ten percent. Yeah, it, my it went up by five bucks. My thoughts on it are if Smuggler's Copter is a baseline, then you're going to want Take Command. But also the other two combo decks, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily work against Aetherworks Marvel if they ha already have the energy because they can just spin in response. Yeah. But Take Command can blow up the copycat combo because you can shoot the Sahili. Yeah. Um... So there, there is some value to the fact that it, it deals with what seems to be the baseline. Uh, and is also good with uh, JVP, which is going to be an all-star. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the next thing I want to talk about is is some of these blue staples. Uh, so Torrential Gearhawk, Jace, uh, Vrinch Prodigy, uh, you know, Sahili Rai, technically a blue card. Um, uh, Tefri Hero of Dominaria, and the other card that I wanted to talk about was Sphinx's Revelation. Uh, so all, all four of these cards are, you know, in, in some way or another part of either a, a combo deck that is going to be partial control or a control deck um, that doesn't exist yet. Um, but but these are the cards you're going to see as, as those cards. And also Spell Queller's here. Uh, and, and we should also talk about uh, Tefri Time Raveler with Spell Queller because it's never been a thing where anyone's tried to do that. Uh, and this is a perfect time to do that. Yeah, having Teferi plus Spell Queller in this format also, and that... that, that... 
itself has already been a uh, building block in modern that's been good enough. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure it will be good enough here because you have plenty of strong like blue-white cards that you can play with. You could even just play that in the spirit shell. You have all the spirits. All of the spirit spirits that are exist in modern, including collected company, were all in Eldritch Moon. Yeah. Or like that block, shadows, whatever. So like that deck is just going to exist. That's going to be the the what I imagine is going to be the tribal deck of the format until like Merfolk gets a uh, you know a boon from getting their lords or whatever, because you still have Silver Gill Adept and you have Master Waves. I've seen some people exploring uh Tempest Jin into Master of Waves, which seems pretty solid. Yeah. Uh I think Master of Waves just having protection from red is gonna be a big game in the format where a lot of the removal is going to be red based because uh Fatal Push is gonna be a lot harder to turn on for Revolt. Like you really gotta yeah. you really gotta be working to <laughs> you get gotta work for it. Yeah. So I think that like having pro red as your top end finisher that's going to go wide is actually really good and it makes your muta vault hot now like muta vault with tempest gin maybe not so much but um the other thing that uh might work is we might just see uh the native special and play collected company elementals with uh some master of waves at the top yeah i think uh so i think we should from here kind of transition we've we've, we've talked about some of the cards that were the big winners over the last couple of days, uh, and and you know, up, upwards of 500% on some of these cards, right? But I think the next thing to t talk about really is what the format is going to look like in terms of decks we've seen in the past, and the yeah. only real way we have to deal with that. Uh, there's several real ways, but the the realest way I can come up with is looking at Pro Tour Theros and on standard decks and seeing what's already out there as as pieces of the format, and then and then kind of moving on from there. Yeah, do you want? I, I had a, I saw a, a, an interesting deck list uh, for what blue white control might look like in mm -hmm. some capacity. If you want to start there, well, let's well let's talk about the decks that are that already exist in 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 that archetype, right? Like, uh, so like Wafatapa's Esper Control from Pro Tour Theros, which was basically uh, Elspeth Sun's Champion, Jace Aetherling, and then just nonstop like Heroes Downfall, and then just tons of uh, removal and thought sees and card advantage. Yeah. Right. So there's 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 that in, and and you know the the I feel like the mana base is is there especially for slower decks if the format can be slow enough to to make this work. Um, I think one of the problems uh, initially out of the gate you're going to have with a control deck is we don't know what the questions are. So what are the we don't know really what the answers are are either. Yeah. The the best like low to the ground removal is really like last breath which is pretty bad medium yeah. not very good but the the one thing that those decks don't have right now is like a celestial colonnade replacement yeah and the thing is is that that kind of opens the door if a mana base has room for tap land then you just get temple of enlightenment which might actually be what the control deck would prefer anyway yeah which is a pretty good uh, move. I mean, I think you're going to move away from Elspeth Sun Champion because you just have five mana to ferry now. Yeah, I think five mana to ferry does does a much better job um, of what you need to do. Uh, but like, there are a couple different ways that you can build the deck, right? Like, you can either play a mishmash of all the different combinations of it, or you can play you're just I'm I'm Sphinx's revving and that's the plan, or you can go I'm dig through timing and that's the plan. Uh, dig through time and like elixir of immortality have a little bit of a nombo going on so like you you'd have to find a balance if that's like the style of thing that you're looking to do 
but one cool thing that I saw uh, with new additions to that kind of deck was Fey of Wishes. Mm-hmm. Fey of Wishes is a card. Fey of Wishes is a card now, and I, 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 I was seeing deck lists that were playing Fey of Wishes, and they were tutoring up their win cons and just having like a super clean main deck. Uh, and they were their win cons that they can tutor because it's non-creature, so you can pull Planeswalkers from your board as well as answers, but then you also have just uh, win conditions like um, Approach the Second Sun. Yeah. And so I now think Approach is, is actually the way to go. Yeah, it's like, uh, because, it's super sweet. Because that's, that's going to be an easy enough thing to do, but you can also have, like, you can play just one or two of those in your deck, um, and then you can have other ways, uh, other ways to win in, in terms of Planeswalkers. Yeah, I thought that Approach was just going to be just on the, like, the same way that a bunch of cards that are going to exist in Pioneer aren't powerful enough to see play in Modern. I thought that that was going to be the case for Approach. Like, it was going to be interesting, but, like, not quite good enough for Pioneer. But Fae of Wish is unlocking it so you don't have to play a garbage 7-drop in your main deck. You can just go and get it when the game gets to that point. Just changes so many. Yeah. So it just opens up the door even further for more cards. And, like, we're only going to see more Wish effects as they continue to print cards for Best of One. Yep. So I, I think that everybody getting to play, you know, Con Creator and have a, a, a lattice in their board in Modern and Legacy, I think we're going to see a bunch of that in Pioneer as well, now that Pay Evolutions exists. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, so so from from uh, Theros real fast, let me just give you the other other ar- archetypes that I think could be seen. So there's Mono Blue Devotion, so using Night Vale Spectre. And uh, like Frostborn weird and stuff to, and, to like create a mono blue deck. And Devotion's gonna get a lot better with new Theros coming oh, out. Oh yeah, I, they, I they, agree. They've been ham fisting that that yeah. Devotion's gonna come back in a big way. And to that end, there's Black Devotion, uh, Gray Merchant of Aspidel being the the kind of enabler to that uh com- that situation. Do you think Pack Rat is gonna be good enough for Pioneer? Ooh, I think it is going to be very good in Pioneer. Uh, yeah. I think I think especially in the mono black Devotion deck. Um, I, I think that that's a card that's sort of underrated right now that that um people people haven't really seen that they're gonna be like oh my gosh that that's that's a card I missed out on. Just thoughts he's in a pack rat people yeah. forget. Yeah, I think uh what what's pack rat even going for right now? It's like, got to be less than a buck. Has, has anyone figured out pack rat yet? I, I uh, two it's two dollars two dollars. Okay, so maybe maybe it's gone up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, no, it didn't spike. It's it's been it's been sitting around the same. It spiked like uh, like a couple of cents. Oh, so it, it just got, it just got the respect it finally deserves. Yeah. Looks like uh it spiked it spiked to five dollars around uh, 2014 during uh Journey to Nix, uh and then uh it's it's just been sitting around the two dollar range since Dude, then. Wh- my, one of my favorite all-time stories in my lifetime of Magic is when I was just playing. I was collecting pack rats because I thought it was uh, funny, you know, pack rats, ha ha ha, collecting pack rats. Mm-hmm. But I was doing that and I was like getting them thrown into trades and whatnot. And then when it became the best card in standard, and oh, it's yeah. like, like you know four bucks, five bucks, whatever it was, and vendors were buying them up at you know a better buy rate. I traded like I forget what it was. It was like 110 copies, 113 copies, or whatever. Um, I sold 130 copies of the same vendor for an LED. Very nice. Very was, nice. It was one of the highlights. <laughs> and, you know, of course, um, now LEDs are insane. Yeah. So uh, then, then we also have uh, so th- during this tournament, there's a mono red devotion deck, but I don't think that Ooh. will be a deck. Uh, but what I do think will be a deck is red deck wins. 
Um, and so there's, there's so many flavors of red deck wins that could possibly exist right now. I don't want to get into all of them immediately. Um, I, I've got a couple lists I'm working on, um, but but that's a card. That's a you know a, a type to think about as well. Um, do, you, do you have a bunch of four damage burn spells that exist in this format that are going to be like you still have Boros Charm, you still have Exquisite Firecraft, and you get Stoke the Flames. Yeah. So like you have a bunch of four damage spells that just chunk your opponent. I think. Yeah, if, if, if your deck is not prepared to deal with the red deck wins, like in every format, then you're probably just going to lose to it. Yeah. So uh, moving from there, uh, the next the next uh, tournament is uh, Journey to Nyx, and looks like Journey to Nyx was still was doing a lot of the same things, um, but slightly, you know, just with more filled out decks. Like by now, uh, people people have figured out, you know, uh, better better builds for. Uh, Blue, uh, you know the blue, the blue white control decks, uh, and it's apparently red uh, the red uh, Nykthos decks are still there. Uh, let's see, uh, but yeah, it looks like a lot of people are into, and I believe this tournament got won by uh, by a blue a blue white deck uh, specifically. Let's see, uh, there's another black uh, devotion deck. Black Devotion. Oh, this was when Black Devotion was like obnoxious. Yeah. So Black Devotion was was the uh, I, I think the uh, the winner, or it was uh, just the blue white. But literally, like that's all that that, that this uh, format was was blue white control and Black Devotion. Yeah, um, the, that standard era. There were a couple where th there was like the standard menace of each one, where it was just like, okay, Siege Rhino just takes down a bunch of PTs, and then it was Mono Black just was taking down everything. And then there was what like three PTs in a row that were won by whatever the red deck was of the format. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that, that's yeah. That's I think that's where we're moving with uh, uh, the the uh, the the next pro tour was uh, with standard was cons, and Sean McLaren took down that with uh, blue guy. blue white red uh, yeah just guy control, um, and Ian Flock uh, came I think came in second with uh, with just a blue black control deck. Ivan Flock. Ivan Flock. What did I say? Ian Flock. Ivan Flock. You're correct. Um, and then there were some Abzan decks that were that were being played with cards like Fleece Main Lion. There's another sleeper, I think. Fleece Main yeah. Lion will be a card. Uh, yeah. um, Anna Fenza, perhaps an another card you might want to put, uh, you know, put eyes on. Uh, then, uh, yeah, the red, and then the the you know the there was also like a, a there was a Just Guy control deck, but there was also a, a Just Guy uh, burn deck. Uh, that played Just Guy Charmed, Doke the Flames, uh, Lightning Strike, and whatnot. So uh, I'm really high on the idea that like those charms might be playable in Pioneer. Oh yeah, I think I think they're definitely playable, especially the the, the more controlly ones. Uh, I think are definitely playable. I'm not positive about Just Guy Charm only because I'm not sure that uh, you want to be doing that in a burn deck instead of just, like, playing Boros Charm. Yeah, no, I think you have to be playing a deck that is interested. You, you Like, if you're playing the Charms, you have to be playing a deck that can leverage all three modes. Yeah. I think Just Guy Charm is actually one of the losers of the, the Charm cycle because there used to be a thing where you would flip their creature on top of their deck when they fetched. Yeah. And I think it's totally fine that we can't do that anymore. Uh, but I think the best Charm is still Obzon Charm. Yeah. Uh, just because it's the one where it has the best three modes, but I, I, I could see a world where the charms are actually role players, and that's awesome. 
so uh, moving moving on to Pro Tour Dragons of Tarkir. So we, you know, another six months into the future here, we skip a modern Pro Tour. And... Oh, you reminded me on the mm -hmm. Fleece Band Lion thing is another card to just keep an eye on for people uh, looking for uh, things that are going to be backbones of the format is Corsor Crufix. Of course, yes, Corsor Crufix for sure. Um, so we get we get in Dragons of Tarkir the first. Uh, you know, red deck wins style deck. Uh, Martin Dang's aggro red deck with a uh, Zergo Bell Striker is a is a solid one drop as far as well as uh, Monastery Swift Spear and uh, Founders for Denizen. So he's playing uh, looks like eleven one drops. Uh, Rabble Master Frenzy Goblin. So he's playing twelve one drops. Uh, Fourteen, thirteen one drops if you count Lightning Berserker as well. Uh, uh, question for you. Hmm. Do you think that between Zergo Bellstriker and mm -hmm. Kari Zev, that we're going to see a mono red deck that's speeding themselves up with Mox Amber? You know, I don't think so. I don't you think, think mono red is the deck that wants to that wants to be playing Mox Amber, um, because that that extra turn isn't isn't getting you enough. Where the, I think the extra card actually will really matter. Oh yeah, I was thinking that since they're going to be the the type of deck that can actually leverage getting just a, an additional one mana after they've cast something, that you can go, like, Zergo, Mox, Swift Spear, attack you, or... Uh, here's here. Well, here's the problem with that. Guy or if, it was, if it was uh, land, Swift Spear, uh, uh, Mox, Zergo, I would say yes, because I think that, that, is a, that is good. But unfortunately, the Monster Swift Spear doesn't turn on, so it's, it's sort of a nombo with the Swift Spear. The Mox... Well, I was thinking that, like, the one cool thing about uh, those red decks is because you have Swift Spear and potentially other prowess dudes that having multiple mocks means that you can still convert your mocks into zero mana damage. Yeah. So if you have some number, you can turn your mocks into gut shot, which yeah. isn't that bad if you can also nut your opponent a little bit by going, you know, double one drop on turns on turn one, and now they there's multiple threats on the table. Yeah, I think I think it's worth looking at, but I'm not I'm not I'm not sold on it yet. Yeah, I, I, I was like, man, I, like it, it seems like it's something that I, I I've thought about that type of thing in. Uh, the older formats, and obviously it's just not good enough. But like, I was like, man, I'm looking at these decks between uh, Zergo, Karizev, uh You have Captain Lantern Storm, which was doing a little bit of work. You have Hazaret, which is also a legend. Uh, there's like some stuff where maybe that Mox Amber is like good enough outside of Emery and side decks. You can actually play them in your straight up aggressive decks. Um, yeah. So th th I think this is the first, th being that this is the earliest version of red deck wins we can find in what would be legal in this format um it's worth mentioning that this is the dragon fodder uh hordling outburst of targets command style deck and i think that is one of several red deck win style decks that that can be played in this format yep so you can this is the go wide version of that deck uh, i think if you're going to play a targets command you should have some some number of uh uh, cards that produce uh, multiple creatures. So I think this is one way to do it. I don't think it's the only way. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the the nice thing about that is the cards that we still have to deal with, like wide token decks like that. Yeah. We have Zealous Persecution that does exist in this format. And Electricery is also in this format. Yeah. Uh, there's also the, uh, the, the Black Enchantment, the one-mana enchantment that gives creature tokens minus one, minus one. Illness in the ranks. Illness in the ranks, yeah. So there's there's a bunch of ways to deal with the go wide decks. Yeah. If that becomes a, a pillar. Yep. Uh, so uh, then we're looking at a uh, red green dragons deck. We're looking at a uh, blue black control. 
Uh, Blueback Control was a Dragonlord Somgar and Somgar to the Drifting Death, uh, Icefall Regent, uh, Ugin Spirit Dragon, and then Crux of Fate, which I think is uh, it's worth mentioning because Crux of Fate is a is a Wrath in a format that like you know we're kind of looking for our new control cards, but being able to play a one sided Wrath is that much better. Yeah, we'll see if the mana bases can support uh, recreating Esper Dragons too. Yeah, I also think it's worth I don't mentioning know if it can. that. Uh, the uh, the removal in this particular deck, um, you know, aside from uh, Silmgar scoring, which is, you know, that's the only actual, you know, two-mana counterspell you really have in this format. That's like a hard counterspell. Um, Bioblight is is a solid removal card that I think that um, is going to become more of a staple of the format. Oh, yeah, Bioblight also deals with all the tokens, too. Mm -hmm. I forgot about that card. Uh, so, moving on from there, we got Abzant Control... Uh, Green Devotion, Blue Black Control again, and and that's kind of it for that. Uh, and then and I think next is going to be uh, Battle for Zendikar, uh, and that should switch up everything. Uh, so the Battle for Zendikar Pro Tour uh, was obviously the one right before the Modern Pro Tour uh, screwed up everything, and we had uh, a ton of bands, and we uh, we had the uh, uh, what was it, uh, Eldrazi winner. So, uh, so you've got a, you've got a Tarka Red, uh, and this this uh, adds in uh, Abbot of Carol Keep, which I think is another card that's worth uh, worth keeping in mind. Um, and and that's really the only that and Titan Strength I think is a card that's worth mentioning too. I think Titan Strength is uh, one of those cards that that uh, it it's it's the reach you kind of need in in the format like this. You're making me think of uh, another card that might. Be able to find a home in Pioneer is uh, porting the feather decks. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Uh, because of strength, but you're gaining all of the old heroic cards. Mm -hmm. That was a whole deck from Theros. Yep. And obviously, feather is just the best thing in decks that are trying to do specifically that. So it's it's possible that we just see like we we see like heroic just might be a whole deck in the format like yeah. a, a consistently played deck and it's just gonna like feather is gonna be the payoff yeah because i, I um, think i think feather feather's yeah. a solid card uh it's, it's a three four right it's a three four and uh it's only two colors so if you're just playing two colors then you're gonna get you're gonna be able to support this you get like um uh, have a, a mana base that can support it but the other cool uh card that was that goes with it was when you would lock your opponent out of being able to um play creatures with reckless charge okay you remember so like it, it, it deals two to a creature you control and four to a creature they control at instant speed and so it essentially just means that you you get to can lock, it, yeah, lock you, them out of uh creatures that have don't have five butts yeah. so uh and the fact that it can fly over siege rhino if that becomes a thing with all of your pump spells uh and the is a recurring form of card advantage that actually seems like it could be pretty good um, and then if you can get into blue uh, for dive down or some counter spells or whatever, it also opens up the door for. Um, well, Mantis I would say Rack. just play uh, play uh, the protection spells. Uh, I forget what uh, what the name of the card is, but there there's a there's a white card that allows you to like protect your creature from target color. God God's willing. God, God's protection. willing. That's it. Yeah. Those, yeah, those all those all those good cards. I don't know if you would need even need to dip into a third color for the mana bases can support it. Yeah. Uh, but if you do, then I imagine that you could get some good Jeskai stuff, considering that uh, that's what that deck was kind of doing anyway in terms of pump spells. I remember when uh, 
uh, you would play Mantis Rider with Titan Strength, like you mentioned, and you would use Titan Strengths to counter their Lightning Strikes mm-hmm. because it would give a, a, a plus one butt to your Mantis Rider, and that's usually what those games became about. Yeah. You would actually use your Titan Strength not as a, a pump spell, but as a, a counter spell. As protection that also like domed your opponent for an extra three if he did it at the wrong time. Yeah, it was great. Yep. Uh, then you got so so uh, flowing on this side. Uh, what is this? Dragons of Tarkir. Battle for Zendikar. Sorry. Uh, Battle for Zendikar. So we've got Dark Just Guy. This is the first time we see uh, Jace Friend's Prodigy uh, as as a card. Uh, you're looking at Crackling Doom is another uh, another solid card. Crackling and Soul, Doom. And Soulfire Grandmaster as a card that you could uh, also play in this format. So. Uh, it's it's worth thinking about, but I don't think it, it it's gonna be like a uh, auto spike, you know, like awesome card. So far, Grandmaster's exactly the type of card that I was uh, talking about when I was saying that the cards that aren't quite powerful enough for modern, but are really yeah, close. This is this is I think that's that's the sweet spot. Also, Tasker the Golden Fang, remember him? Uh, that's in this deck. Um, so there's a few of these decks, and we have some Megamorph decks. So we should at least uh, we should at least mention Den Protector and Death Mist Raptor. Yeah, as, that's the 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 recursive threats in the format. That, and Dramoka's Command, as far as uh, uh, other cards that are that are solid. Dramoka's Command is big. Yeah, if in, if enchantments, I remember when Dramoka's Command just said you couldn't play enchantments in the format. Yep. Um, if you have the the recursive threats that exist in this format that you could try and build a graveyard based deck around. Uh, you do have Stitcher Supplier, which is a hell of an enabler. Uh, and then the recursive threats are, like you mentioned, Deathless Raptor, but that's kind of tight. You're pigeonholed. Uh, and then you also have uh, Scrap Heap Scrounger and Prized Amalgam exist in this format. Yep. Uh, okay, so uh, moving on to uh, some other lists here. Uh, Jeskai Tokens, which was the uh, Gideon uh, Ally of Zendikar, Dragon Fodder, uh, Hordling Outburst, Treasure Cruise, uh, and Secure the Waste. Secure the Waste is a very interesting card that I think would be a solid include into control decks. Uh, EOT, Secure the Waste, and end the game kind of thing. Yeah, I wonder if Secure the Waste is going... I mean, maybe people will like pivot if they find that that's actually an effective win condition because the control decks have already Sphinx's Rev as a really big X-Spell endgame mm-hmm. card. And so we'll see. I, I, I wonder... Because I remember when... Secure the Waste just was... Yeah, even it was a modern modern, playable card. Yeah. yeah, it was like a one-of as just a, a, a way to, you know, buy a couple of turns or uh, pressure opposing walkers on bodies going wide. So we'll see if that becomes an, a, a card adopted in Pioneer 2. So going from Battle of Zendikar, uh, what's the set after uh, Gatewatch? Oath of the Gatewatch. Uh, that ushered in... Uh, Oh, yeah, uh, Shadows over in Estrad, right? Yeah, dude, I, I was waiting for us to get to Shadows because you just get the whole zombie deck that won the PT. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus any additional zombies from uh, all of the previous sets that exist in this format. So, I mean, Crypt Breaker is still a hell of a drug. We have Seasons Past as well. Let's not forget Seasons Past. Dude, Seasons Past is going to... Look, I'm really curious to see if Seasons Past can make it, considering that I remember thinking to myself... Uh, that season, or I mean, Finkel even said it when he won the P, when he was, uh, he top the PT with the deck, mm-hmm. where he said, You play Nisha's Renewal and uh, Seasons Pass to build your own Sphinx's Rev. Yeah. But now that we have Sphinx's Rev, I, I, I'm curious to see if. If it's good if, enough. Well, I'm curious to see if yeah. the draw to, like, 
you don't necessarily need to play it with um, what the Dark Petition. Mm-hmm. Uh, dark Petition was the, the like the loop for for people that didn't play in that format. The loop was you would Dark Petition. It would net you three mana, and then you would spend the rest of your mana to uh, you would tutor for the seasons pass, and then you would cast seasons pass, and you would pick up the Dark Petition again plus a bunch of other cards that you could use to trade, and then you'd use the Dark Petition to find the seasons pass that went back onto the deck. So essentially, once you got to uh, a game state late enough where you had, you know, all of the mana, you would just be able to cast a season's past every turn or every other turn, depending on what interaction you needed, yep. and just constantly reload. And so you would, you just had inevitability. And um, the way that you got there was you would play Nissa's Renewal to pull three more lands out of your deck and gain a bunch of life. So you're you're constructing essentially a Sphinx's Revelation. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see if because the best removal in the format is likely going to remain black because you get Hero's Downfall or like you said Bioblight, you also have Thoughtseize, you get Murderous Rider, which you wouldn't play in your season pass deck, but you'd play Hero Down- Hero's Downfall for sure. Um, that maybe the, the pull for a control deck into black is good enough that season's pass paired with green because you then get shit like Oko and going green like uh, yeah, Soul Tie. Yeah, so like going going bug might be more attractive than going straight blue white because the removal early is better depending on what the format looks like. Mm-hmm. So it, it is it, it is kind of interesting that maybe seasons pass finds a home, but it is a really sweet card. I played that deck for uh, for that uh, format after Finkel top aided with it, and it is a it is a blast once you get to the end game and you're just like this deck is so sweet. So yeah, I would love it if seasons pass actually made it um so some other some other decks uh worth mentioning but i don't think there's anything that's going to be big from these uh goggles ramp if you remember uh you know uh pyromancer's goggles uh you could double it, double next spell that way it's it's going to be as good as whatever the spells you can double are exactly and i don't uh, think there's anything that's really worth doubling just yet um well but... you want to know i i actually think there is if hmm. you if you're playing um what we, we were just talking about approach right sure so if you just go like you go you that you doesn't do it though that doesn't do it you have to cast approach. Oh, it says you have to cast you it. You must cast it. I believe me, I've tried this. Oh, you can't copy it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Finally, finally, we found the first brew that just won't work to itself. Yeah, because I, I tried to do it. There was a there was actually something in in that format where I was like, oh, if you just do this into this into this, it copies itself and then you win. And I was like, oh no, it doesn't happen that way. Um. But uh, so then, then you got green black aristocrats, the Nanuku Husk Zillapoke Cutthroat deck, uh, yeah. with a collected company worth mentioning. Collected company is going to be a player for sure. Uh, then we have Esper Dragons. This is the list you were talking about. We're rocking uh, Ojutai, Silumgar, and uh, Jace's Ren Prodigy. So Ojutai is a card we haven't talked about yet uh, that I think is going to be a player. Um, uh, this deck also plays Transgress the Mind, which I think is a card that's worth mentioning, possibly looking at. Um, depending on what the format looks like, I mean, you're going to want to play Thoughtseize for sure, but Transgress yeah. the Mind is a, is a card that's worth worth a look. Um, Clash of Wills is another uh, interesting... Transgress? What are your thoughts on Transgress versus um, the Surveil one for two mana? Uh, I would play the Rasher, Surveil one. I would play, I would play Thoughts Thought Erasure for sure first. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Um. This this does exile cards, so that that's that's of of interest. Um. So if your opponent's playing something like uh, Seasons Past, this gets Seasons Past out of their hand. Yeah. Um, that's 
So uh, Clash of Wills is another card in this deck that is sort of, uh, it's like a power sink, so you can two mana counterspell something. Well, Clash of Wills, uh, that's just worse than Syncopate, right? Because Syncopate uh, exiles us yes, the same card. Yes, uh, yeah. you are correct. Uh, so yeah, Syncopate, Syncopate would be the go-to card. Format. Uh, yeah, Syncopate would be the go-to card. Uh, Ultimate Price, uh, another uh, interesting uh, card to use for early removal as well. Uh, and then Grasp of Darkness is another card that uh, uh, is is a solid uh, uh, early removal card too. Uh, here's a, a question for you. Do you think, uh, w will there be a Storm-ish combo deck that exists? A Storm-ish? I don't think so. I think that there might be like a... Uh, uh, Jeskai Ascendancy style deck, um, but I don't. I don't. I think it'll be not as good as uh, you know the easier two card combo deck like like Copycat. So, so you're telling me that I'm still shit out of luck when it comes to trying to make epic experiment work. Yes. <laughs> um. So what else? What? Uh, uh, there's a straight Esper control list. It's just more Planeswalkers. Uh, Sorum Grow Nemesis. Uh, interesting card as far as uh. Uh, six mana planeswalkers are concerned. And Sphinx of the Final Word uh, in there too is a non counterable threat. Um, again, it's probably I, just not as good as Pearl Lake Ancient in terms of those big game ending. Yeah, Pearl Lake Ancient's interesting. I think I think Pearl Lake Interesting's interesting, but uh, I think the thing that uh, uh, Sphinx of the Final Word lets you do is uh, the other clause where instants and sorcery spells can't be countered. Uh, is is interesting in that like if you can slam this uh and then and then untap with it the game is 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 over for the most part yeah i, I was thinking like in the the blue white control if you're if you're playing the big control mirrors the fact that you can they can just leave in some number of um supreme verdicts to yeah. deal with your sphinx makes me think that like just having your game ending threat like nezahal or Pearl, like, if that's what you need, is just going to be better because those threats can't be killed. Or, or Aetherling, right? Aetherling is going to be... The, yeah, I the... think Aetherling is the card to look at for that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, then we have uh, Bant Company. I don't want to talk about co Company too much because it's like... It, it. I'm sure it's being covered on several other casts. But, yeah. Uh, 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 mentioning uh, mentioning uh, Dustwatch Recruiter and uh, Tireless Tracker and Reflector Mage as cards that, duh, you know, Tantrum are good. from uh, Collected Company is uh, decks that were running Collected Company were also uh, using it as uh, other big cash and spells in Rally style decks. Yes. So Rally the Ancestors. So there's like a really interesting uh, Rally the Ancestors deck that's just playing uh, Rally Collected Company of essentially every single Blood Artist that exists in the format. I think it's Cruel Celebrant and Zulaport Cutthroat. And then you get just like the really good one drop enablers like stitcher supplier that can help fuel your rally and then you just get your three mana sack outlet and it just does all of the insane crazy busted things that that deck was doing in that format and that was actually probably one of the underrated decks that was just fully dominant in its time yeah rally the, rally the ancestors was a, a dominant deck that doesn't get as much press as like other dominant decks because it wasn't like, oh my god, I can't believe I have to deal with this fucking siege rhino slamming in my face again. It was one of the decks that just like was part of the format, but it was definitely the best deck. Yeah, I'm trying to. There it is. I'm pulling up uh, the next the next event, uh, Pro Tour Eldritch Moon. Um, 
And this one was was significantly different than uh, previous uh, previous uh, tournaments. Uh, one, Sylvan Advocate uh, pops in. That's a card worth worth mentioning as as a possible player as a, as a solid two drop. Yeah, I I wonder if Sylvan Advocate is uh if the, if the manlands are good enough to give it its boost or if there's just going to be better two drops that's also another one of those cards that's like would never see modern play but maybe pioneer is good enough mm-hmm. i i i wonder if the decks that are interested in doing that are also going to be interested in playing elvish reclaimer and those are all elves so maybe there's something to like a, a more beat downy elf deck because uh we also just got the uh what should we call it we got we got pelt collector and we got uh, the new flash elf that you can just sink all your mana into to make it bigger. Yeah, it's possible. So some, stuff, some stuff going on. Um, what else? Uh, so ruinous path is another solid removal card that like I don't think we'll see play. Traverse the Overmold, I think. Uh, is Traverse one hundred percent is is worth uh you know talking about. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, we like might a whole we might be. Of... In... We might find a world where... Do you remember when there was the standard environment where after uh, Marvel got banned, before Emrakul got banned, mm-hmm. the 13-mana Emrakul, mm-hmm. that the best deck in the format was just the person who could put in Emrakul faster? Yeah. We I mean, might that, that, that might just be a deck that is good enough in Pioneer, but not good enough to ban Emrakul. Yeah, I think I think Emrakul the Promised End is is just waiting to waiting to be banned. It's a it's a card that um is extremely not fun to have played against you, uh, which doesn't necessarily mean it's going to get banned, but uh, it also doesn't end the game. It just prolongs the game, um, because generally what happens is your opponent takes your turn. You get two turns after that, right? You no you so your opponent gets your next takes control of your next turn. But then you get an additional turn. Yeah, so yeah. instead of it going your turn, you take their turn, and then you get another turn. It just lets the yeah, it, it lets you keeps the turn like the same. They I just think, insert a turn where you get to control them. I think one of the things that happens a lot when when this card gets cast is that there is some way to take care of it uh, that, that gets found. And um, what's what's really obnoxious, especially because like you know if if it's the only creature on the board and there's a sorcery in your opponent's hand. It's just like, well, I did the thing. I tried to cast all the spells in your hand to like screw screw with you, but I couldn't get the declaration stone out of your hand. And now, like, there was one very unfun interaction that happened, and then the game just kept going. Well, you want to know the 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 argument that puts Emrakul in its place? Mm. Uh, Emrakul is really just a really, really, really big elk. Yeah, it's true. Um. Yeah, I mean, especially there's a classic example there. If you have, if your opponent just has Oko in play, like it doesn't matter if their opponent has Emrakul or not. He's gonna take your turn. Was he gonna turn Oko into an elk? He can't do that. He can't. You know? And Oko uh, doesn't have any uh, way to actually like kill himself by yeah, unless he's at five, <laughs> which it's never going to really yeah. be at if you're at the point in the game where you're casting an Emrakul. Yeah. Uh, I think. I mean, I. I I, Emrakul being powerful enough to get banned in that environment was also because the card pool was limited enough that Emrakul is just the best thing to be doing. Yes. And I think that Pioneer might be wide enough that even though it is a powerful thing to do, that because it still has to be a seven mana play and you have to build your deck somewhat around it, you, de- you do need to you know, get enough card types to reduce his cost down mm-hmm. to seven. And there isn't necessarily going to be that many, like enough 
playable cards that are going to be good enough to, to get him low enough to seven. You know, like yeah. you, you, there is there is a deck building constraint in that regard, so it's not totally thoughtless. To so, so I, I think that it might be good enough to see play, obviously because the power level is there. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be a card that. Like if you were if you wanted to go and buy your Emrakuls, I think it's actually a fairly safe bet. Oh yeah, I think I think it's fine for a little while at the very least. Um, so some other cards from from this uh, this Pro Tour, uh, Kalidus Trader of Get and Archangel Avison. Kalidus uh, for sure, for I think, sure. I think both these cards, especially because uh, Archangel Av- Avison has flash, um, I think both these cards have have legs. Uh, just dude, you can you can do you can run back the old. Um, because there are still so many of the uh, zero mana artifacts in this format, mm-hmm. like uh, Hangerback Walker and Ballista, and now Stone Coil Serpent and Chamber Sentry, that you can do the old uh, Flash in Avacyn, cast a zero mana artifact to flip it and wrap the board. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's definitely one way to do it. Uh, what we got here? Uh, some kind of Gather the Pack deck. I don't know what that is. Uh, this just looks like a bunch of hot garbage that was legal in this format. Uh, more Emrakul shenanigans. Uh, there's shot. also there there is the 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 new green leyline elf deck with uh, finale of devastation. Uh, that can generate a shit ton of mana really quickly. It like tries to play turn three Nissa who shakes the world into finale of De- devastations for ten. Uh, it plays the the new green leyline because you're playing all of the mana dorks that mean that they just tap for two mana. Uh, and also, it turns it makes your so you're Nykthros because the leyline is free devotion. You're playing a bunch of elves that will then double the mana. It makes your Nykthros is really huge, and uh, that is a deck that is also probably uh, going to be good enough to be a main a mainstay. Yep. Uh, just as like your fast ramp, and also because it is one of the few decks that will get uh, a turn one uh, mana dork. Because the mana dorks that exist in this format are Elvish Mystic, Gilded Goose, and Llanowar Elves. Yep. So that deck just gets eight Llanowar Elves in it. And I think those are the only three. There might be some other that I'm missing, but I know Birds of Paradise doesn't exist in this format, yeah, right? Yeah, no, no, no birds. Yeah, so it's like if, if you're... You get, if you're there are some two, two mana versions of these cards, but that's that's kind of where it stops and starts. Yeah, so if, you're, if your mana dorks are just Elvish Mystic, Llanowar Elves, that's already a good spot for elves to start with yeah. and you have gilded goose and then if you work to turn on death right shaman but that's pretty much the only one mana mana dwarfs in the format so that means that moving towards a deck like elves like that already has a bunch of incentive because finale of devastation is a great payoff all of the green walkers are a great payoff and having the leverage of being able to just go consistently turn one mana dork because there are eight available to you is very good yeah so um, elves players, you're 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 very much alive. You get yeah, most think, of your cards, and, and and you got shaman of the pack too. You have shaman of the pack, and you still have elvish visionary. Like you mm-hmm. have you mm-hmm. have all of the 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 good stuff that you could want, and there are other uh, nice uh, payoffs that you can have as for sinks. And you also, if you can support the mana, I, I'm sure there's a Chulain deck that is that can combo out the new five mana card from the brawl decks. I didn't read that card yet what does it do so it's it's a bant card so you have to make the mana work it's five right. mana i forget exactly what its power and toughness are i think it's a three five but uh it says uh whenever you cast a creature spell you draw a card and then you can put a land from your hand onto the battlefield 
and it has three tap uh, bounce a creature to your hand. So oh, okay. it, it, it just seems like it's a nice combo card in that it is uh, alongside Beast Whisperer if you wanted to do it. It, is, is, it itself is just a glimpse of nature, but it's a glimpse of nature that also lets you continue to put mana onto the table to continue to combo out. Uh, so it is a great combo card that if you can turbo it out, and then I'm sure you can do a bunch of crazy shenanigans with it. Uh, it's just another combo card to have your eye on. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. It's it's just like man, there's so much there's so much to do. It's so hard to narrow some of this stuff down. Um, so let's let's move on to Pro Tour Kaladesh. I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle off the next like three Pro Tours real fast. I'm just gonna talk about uh, the cards that the 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 cards in the decks real fast, and we can kind of go back and talk about. Uh, our larger takeaways from from this stuff. Uh, so there's a blue red spells deck that looks like a Dynavolt Tower deck. Uh, we've got uh, red white vehicles. We're uh, pretty aware of red white and Mardu vehicles. Uh, blue white flash deck uh, looks like that's playing uh, Spellqueller and Abyssin. We've got uh, an, another like mono. It's it's a red white uh, vehicles tokens deck uh, using Toolcraft Exemplar. Uh, as as it's sort of a high power card with smuggler's copter and harness lightning. Quick check for you, Zach. Just hmm. check your your mic. You're you're uh, potatoing a little bit. Oh, I'm 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 sounding weird. It, it's just cutting you out of it a little bit. Just keep an eye on it. Okay. Um. Then uh. Then we have uh, Teamer Aetherworks. Uh. So uh. This is the deck that got uh tuned with Aether Band. Uh. Uh. No, it's actually not the deck that got attuned with Aether Band. It's the deck that got Aetherworks Marvel Band. Later on, Attune with Aether got banned. Um, yeah, but... Attune with Aether, I think, is, is also going to be a player in that yeah. it, it... The one thing that Attune with Aether does, if you're playing a three or four color deck, it's going to be your best enabler because... Specifically because, one, it will fix your mana, but two, it's also going to enable you to play Aether Hub. Yep. And Aether Hub being a rainbow land in this format is going to be a big game. So, like, there's going to be energy... Uh, like, energy is just going to be the backbone of, of you know, uh, 4X decks and 5X decks. Uh, on the backbone that you get to play a Rainbow Land, and then have the fixture that also keeps your Rainbow Land going. Yep. So don't don't sleep on Aether Hub Attune just being a shell for, you know, pile decks. Yep. Uh, let's see. There's a Just Guy Control list that's uh, Fumigate and uh, Radiant Flames. Uh, we've got uh, Grixis Control. Looks like it's playing. Uh, Painful Truths, Radiant Flames, uh, White. Painful Truths is hot. Yeah, and and the the, there, there, there the was thing a, in the ice and whatnot, uh, and, and Gearhulk are the other cards in that deck. There was a black white. Uh, I forget what other color it was playing, but it was black white splash, and I I don't remember what the splash was, but it was playing Painful Truths, and it was playing Shambling Vent, and the the three one that when you attack you can exert it and make it a four four life linker. Oh geez, yeah. Who knows? So you, you, so you would curve. You would just go turn two, play that guy, attack, exert it, gain four, and then painful truths. Yeah. And I was, I remember it, it showed up in modern for like a real hot second before it was abandoned. But maybe that that could be something in uh, pioneer because if you're playing just like a bunch of life linkers, one that's already going to be good against aggro. Uh, but then the fact that you just get painful truths to keep up with the mid range and control decks, so like painful truths, is a real nice payoff. Yep. Uh, so uh, let's move to uh, Aethervolt uh, Pro Tour, where uh, you've got uh, another Mardu Vehicles uh, list. 
Uh, they're up to Scrap Heat Scrounger is another card we should talk about a little bit. I think, think Scrap Heat Scrounger is going to be in, like, you have Narc Amoeba and mm -hmm. Scrap Heap Scrounger, and I feel like if you're going to be playing uh, a Dredgy-style deck with, like, Stitcher Supplier, and now you have Merfolk Secret Keeper, yep. uh, that Scrap Heap Scrounger, I, I, so I was seeing deck lists that were playing Desecration Tomb, which was something that we talked about. Uh, Desecration Tomb is the three mana artifact that whenever a creature leaves your graveyard, whether by exile or back to the board, you make a 1-1 one -one flying bat. And so if Scrap Heap Scrounger is brought back from your yard because it exiles a card, if you have the tomb on the table, it makes two bats. Uh, Narcomoeba coming out of the yard uh, brings back the Prize Amalgam as the Scrounger. Uh, you can play Emery, which is also a good filler mm -hmm. uh, for that type of stuff that can recast a Desecration Tomb from the yard. Vantress Gargoyle, new card, also yeah. an artifact, also mills you. Like there, there might be something to that kind of like uh, almost like fair dredge. Yeah. Because you have enough recursion out of the yard that of that alongside creeping chill, you might have something. Yeah. And you uh, still you, you also have if you if new rivulet the the land that mills you. Oh yeah, that, I think that card is actually going to be the card that uh, works very well with uh, the uh, 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 what's it called uh, approach the second sun decks as well. Oh yes, and uh, speaking of all the cards at this time frame, there's also uh, I I just remember if you if new rivulet was a four of in the God Pharaoh's gift deck. Yep. You remember God Pharaoh's gift? Of course. Yeah, I think God, God Pharaoh's gift will definitely see play. That yeah, that might just be the reanimator deck of the format. What's that refurbish? I think there wasn't. There's no real reanimator deck, so uh, there's no real reanimator card. So that's the card to like think about, and I think it, refurbish will make that the deck. Oh man, dude, you get it. so that deck played Minister of Inquiries, but now you have Merfolk Secret Keeper, Minister of Inquiries, and Stitcher Supplier. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Um, so the other cards that, to look out for in in decks similar to this, uh, Marty Vehicles was playing uh, uh, Thalia Her Heretic Cathar. That's that's a nice Ooh, little yeah. tempo card for the white decks to to smash in with. Especially if uh, people are gonna try and play a bunch of dual lands to. Play out, flesh out their mana base. Mm -hmm. uh, Heretic Cathar might be able to uh, punish people really hard in this format, depending on how it shakes out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, more vehicles lists. Marty vehicles. Jund Energy uh, was a deck for for a hot second. I don't think that that, that Jund Energy uh, just value energy is gonna is gonna be the way to go. Uh, there, yeah. I, I, I do I, think I, Teamer I, the Teamer Energy deck might might be able to be played. If you're energy version. If Not you're so energying, I, th I think you're, you're definitely Rogue Refinering, because Rogue Refiner was exactly. the best card in the decks exactly. outside of a tune with Aether. Um, so then we've got uh, Delirium-style decks with Grim Flayer and uh, Winding Grim Constrictor. Grim Flayer spiked. Grim yeah. Flayer, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grim Flayer Grim Flayer's, uh, you know, is, is certainly worth playing. Uh, and then more Mardu Vehicles, Mardu Vehicles. Yeah, just a bunch of Mardu Vehicles decks during the Aether Revolt uh, time frame. Uh, then we go to Amonkhet, and we've got Black-White Zombies, which, uh, you know, we've already talked about a little bit. Zombies, I think, is is a deck that could definitely be the premier black uh, aggressive deck. Also, uh, Dark Salvation mm -hmm. um, might... If, if Zombies proves to be a deck, Dark Salvation is just going to be proved to be one of the better removal spells in the format, because... It is a removal spell that against control where there aren't creatures isn't dead. It's just a, you know, a, a, a four mana or, or I'm sorry, like what a five mana make two two twos. Yeah. Which like obviously isn't good, but man, it's way better than having a dead removal spell in your hand just to be able to have another thing you can sink some some mana into. Correct. Uh, and then, yeah, you got Liliana's mastery as well. Uh, 
let's see, uh, black-green energy decks. Uh, we're getting closer to that, like, oh, play. Just This is just a beater deck. I think this was more of a standard deck. I don't think it's going to make it uh, transition into... Uh, it's called uh this yeah this any, any standard deck that was just like i'm here to be the beatdown is yeah. you're just going to be the mono red player okay so here we go into uh team or aetherworks this is after they banned emrakul because now ulamog the ceaseless hunger is is the four of in this deck yep and that exists yeah that's, in this format. that's, that's worth playing uh mono black zombies deck uh you got metallic mimic as another uh enabler for uh a uh you know we could do zombies or merfolk with metallic mimic Dude, uh, did you see the um, the pseudo affinity deck in this format already? Oh, Restless Dead. Let's talk about Restless Dead. Hello. Oh yeah, Restless Dead in yeah. a zombie deck. Yeah. Oh yeah. Smart. Uh, you you were just saying the what? There's already the the pseudo affinity deck in this format between uh, Metallic Mimic and uh, Steel Overseer. You also have Walking Ballista, Hangerback Walker. You have Hardened Scales. Yeah. Uh, you also get. Uh, ginger brute out of the new format you get all that glitters which does a really good uh uh what's the the equipment that skull clamp uh, no 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 <laughs> the uh what's the the, the the equipment that affinity plays why am i blanking on it uh i know what you're talking about the plus one for each artifact in play yeah uh, I, I'm I can't think of it, it off the top of my head right now either I'm blanking on it, but everybody, it's, it's every, late. you know, it's, it's almost one o'clock, everybody. Yeah, you <laughs> know what, you know, the, the equipment that we're talking about, the, yeah. the, the, the payoff in, in, in affinity, you have all that glitters, which is just the enchantment version of that. Uh, so it's obviously not as good as uh, the equipment that I can't remember the name of, but it is pretty close and it's probably good enough for cranial, cranial pioneer. plating, cranial plating, cranial plating. Yeah. Uh, um, but because you, you, you also, um, the hardened scales version of that deck also can have uh you just get to play snake yep the i forget the name of the snake but it's just a two three for green and a black that has hardened scales text so you just get to play eight hardened scales in your oh, deck. oh yeah yeah the the constrictor yeah uh, winding um, constrictor yeah. and you have all of the other cards that exist in the modern version of the deck except mox opal which like is pretty good just to say yeah i can port my whole modern deck except for mox opal into this new format and it's going to be good. Yep. You you have to change up the mana base a little bit, but, like, whatever. All right. So, uh, yeah, most of the rest of this format was Aetherworks Marvel decks. And then we move into Hour of Devastation, when uh, I think all of the bombs got dropped as far as uh, banning was, was concerned. Yeah. So you're looking at Ramanop Red is the new the new deck du jour. Yeah, uh, Ramanop Bruins is just going to be a four of an every red deck. I like, think, there's yeah, no, there's, there's, no, there's, there's Zero reason not to have four of that card in any deck that's trying to close the game out by doming people in the face. I think that's totally fine. Uh, a burn card worth talking about for just a second is uh, Collective uh, Defiance, which does uh, four damage to target creature or three damage to target opponent, and you can escalate it for one mana. So for four mana, you can do a four to a creature and three to an opponent, uh, and then the other one is discard all cards and draw that many cards. So it's it's a solid uh, way to filter out. You you know I, I have too many lands. I'll just filter this. I remember that card. Yeah, that was um, that, that card was very good. So Ramanop Red, Red Black Aggro, which is basically Ramanop Red with uh with uh what's called uh the uh what the hell's the name of the card? What was the black card in this? Cut to ribbons. Uh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Cut to Ribbons was a card that existed, yeah. too. Uh, and Amit Eternal, they played as well as a as your, like, Phyrexian Negator in the deck. Uh, Hazret is the card to uh, to watch out for in this uh, 
in this uh, particular format, I think that card's going to be a major player yeah. in that style of uh, red deck wins. Uh, another Ramanop red deck, another Ramanop red deck, uh, black green constrictor deck, uh, black uh, mono black zombies again. Uh, Lord of the Accursed is another uh, uh, pump pump zombie. Uh, then we yeah, have... zombies might be a, a a really solid tribal deck just yeah. because oh, it yeah. has it can just port that deck plus it gets any of the new zombies that came out. Yep. And Stitcher Supplier is a hell of a zombie. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's that's it for it's basically Ramanop red. The, the the format at that point yeah. um so uh now i, I don't want to go too much further into the future here uh, i just because one because it's getting sort of redundant um uh, but two uh I, I think we're gonna have to cut it off relatively quickly we're we're coming up on uh a, an hour and a half plus for the, for this cast and i think yeah. that's kind of the top end of this stuff but it's interesting to look at this format from a brewer's perspective and just see what what's good and yeah, dude, we haven't even talked about the Niv Mizzet Reborn decks no, yet. Come on. So there's so many, there's so many things. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, there's there's a lot more, uh, there's a lot of content to cover for, for a cast uh, based on this format, especially because it's new. So I, I don't know. Uh, I I think it'd be nice to get uh, get some feedback from our our listeners uh, if they're into something like that and if they would uh, they'd be interested in hearing. Uh, more about this. Uh, I, I think we would have to split it up as a different, uh, a wholly different podcast. But um, yeah, if if everybody listening takes this 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 type of episode as a an example of what the pioneer version of Eternal Dodos might be like, uh, yeah, I agree. It would need to be a, a most likely a, a separate. Yeah. Thing I don't want to alienate the people who are not interested in Pioneer uh, for for what we're already doing uh, so well with Eternal Dodos. But at the same time, I think this is a, a ripe area for content creation, uh, and and just super fun to to just you know look you know do do what data gathering you can and kind of figure out uh, for the next couple of months we're just going to be living in the wild west, which is super cool to me. Yeah, and the the new thought experiment of just thinking about decks in a different way where you're we don't have fetches. Yeah. That's just so refreshing. Yep. Uh. So. Uh. Hey, if you if you enjoy this kind of content, uh, you can always uh, help help fund the cast by donating at uh, Patreon.com/EternalDurtles. Uh, if you are at our uh, Anchor link, there is a donate button on Anchor as well. Uh, all of this is obviously optional. Uh, we're gonna make these casts one way or the other, but it always helps. Uh, it just helps make things better. Uh, I was recently able to afford to pick up a new computer, which part of this cast was, uh, was cast on, or part of this cast was, uh, uh, recorded on. So, uh, you know, we're looking to make sound quality better and, you know, it also just gives us a little bit more free time to do things like, I don't know, have a whole new, whole brand new dang podcast. So, uh, you know, we always appreciate any, uh, your donations. And if you end up donating over $20 within your a uh, lifetime of donating, we send you a free T-shirt as well. The T-shirt's nice. The T-shirt is nice. Uh, so uh, I think that that's gonna do it for this week uh, on, on Pioneer. I think uh, maybe maybe uh, we'll try and have Nate uh, convene with us uh, on this topic uh, in the coming weeks if we start a new cast and we can have sort of a rotating crew and you know maybe I don't head it every week or whatnot and and we kind of. You know, we figure out people that uh, people that are playing this format, and, and you know, uh, we can we can just give better uh, 
I think a, a separate podcast would, would uh, do more justice to, to the style of content. Yeah, I agree. Um, so uh, this is sort of a, uh, I don't know, a pilot episode for, for, another, for another podcast. Uh, if you dug it, great. If you didn't dig it, don't worry. We're going to go back to uh, legacy, vintage, and old school uh, next week uh, when we have some uh, results from uh, Eternal Weekend to talk about. And uh, I, think, uh, I think that does it for us this week. Yep, that sounds good to me. All right, uh, have a good one, everybody, and have a have a safe, uh, safe and uh, healthy eternal weekend. Where does he get those wonderful toys?